Welcome. This is Jesus, the pattern son, attempt to give you sonship doctrine that is faithful and fulsome, or in other words, a go at it that's biblical and orderly. It's a great deceptive temptation to try to earn being a son. Then also it's a temptation to pride. And finally, the temptation to substitute oneself or ourselves for the Son, who is the Lord. And there should be baleful silence here. For this is a great sin. But it has been done. And I don't want to do it again. And it is not my intention in this series of messages to call certain people out. But it is my intention to call the line out because I will not have my teaching on sonship be used like this. And if people find themselves convicted, then I cannot help that either. What I'm interested in is this does not happen in the future. Never let it be that my teaching of sonship detracts from the unique son who is the Lord Christ Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. That is why, indeed, I have called my podcast Jesus the Pattern Son, because it's about Jesus. We follow Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the head of the body. Jesus is the lamb that was slain. Jesus is the lion of Judah. Jesus is the soon coming kings. All things will be subsumed in Jesus Christ including us and not unto us us unto him behold the lamb it was Pilate who said behold the man let us look to Jesus who is the captain and finisher of our faith it is all of him and none of us we are what we are and have what we have because it was given to us by God through grace let that be clear As I see sonship now being preached in various quarters, some not at all from the stem of the latter rain, and certainly not from the move that Sam 5 started, I think it behooves me. Indeed, it is my assignment from God to preach this thing straight and to preach it biblically. For this I studied Greek. For this I had my horrible life. For this. And if older women are to teach the younger, here it is. We didn't get experience for nothing. And when I have shared my expertise, I have had ministers. Now, I think they were true ministers of God starting moves that, uh, you know, campaigns anyway, that they think are the latest and greatest. And young people follow them and they think they're the latest and greatest. And I say, beware. And they say, oh, you have to get over that before you can follow me. Excuse me? I don't want to get over what I have the most 
valuable things that I have learned in my life, I am sharing it with you. So you don't have to fall in that ditch. And you say to me, you have to get over it or you can't follow me. I went to this. I'm thinking of a specific situation. I drove across the country, stayed there, talked to the people. I found somebody with as much experience in life as me. And they said, how is this working? Is this a healthy community? And she said, well, so far, the leadership is willing to answer questions. The other ministers in town, and I didn't seek them out. The Lord brought them to me. The other ministers in town said, I think we have a personality cult here. So I am not in these remarks helping them because they're not listening to me or into, into anybody. But I am intending to help you. You need to learn from other people's experience. If you intend to go further in the spirit, you're going to be standing on the shoulders of the giants of the faith of the past. And you would do well to not fall in the ditch of the rest of us <laughs> where we don't go into the ditches we've been into. That's the only way. Unless we learn this way, we're not going to be there in time. And folks, I, I kind of think we're behind. I think God has stretched the calendar for us because the bride has not made herself ready. The church is a weak church and it's, you cannot but think that we're in a special time if you just look around. What have we had in the last six months? Let's see, we've had uh, fires and droughts, tornadoes, and a worldwide pandemic and a couple of earthquakes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. All right. So get the sand out of your ears and the sleep out of your eyes. And don't fall in this ditch and don't cross this line. That's what I'm telling you. So here is what I know from experience. And I trust illumined by the Holy Spirit. You cannot substitute yourself for Jesus, the only begotten Son, Jesus who is the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Okay, so let's use 1 Corinthians 12 and 3. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse, but that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord by the Holy, but by the Holy Ghost. So that's King James. Let me give it to you in Greek. So 1 Corinthians 12 and 3. And no one can say, Kurion Yesun, except in spirit holy. Kurion Yesun. Jesus is Lord. Also, we could bring up Philippians 2 and verse 11. So in the King James, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that follows along with what we were saying about Jesus pouring himself out like a servant. And the Greek there, so we should confess that hoti, Lord Jesus Christ, that 
the is is understood kurios Jesus Christos Eis doxantheo patros okay so Jesus is Lord Christ that's the meeting of course could also bring up first John for Jesus coming in the flesh but here the point is that Jesus is the only begotten son John 3 and 16 so so here's what I know from experience here's what I believe I'm commissioned to tell you look we have sinned and possibly no group has sinned more mordantly more deeply than we have and possibly no one has repented so little of course now I don't know what is gone on everywhere and in every heart but we are not the bridegroom we are not the Christ let alone we are not God we preached it or we allowed it to be preached and we swallowed it so far I have not found any sermon notes that I have been embarrassed about God help me and preserve me but I swallowed it so far I've never known anyone who has come clean and repented publicly although I know that's not preached today and I was told we don't preach that today no we don't think we're the bridegroom we just think we're the best man I'd right but we were told that if we moved from one city body to another that we were committing adultery that was preached I still have those booklets I know what they say somebody has tapes we called what we were doing the present truth but it was another gospel and we need to get on our knees and repent to whatever extent we did this we need to make it clear in our pulpits we had a very strange system where we never corrected anything from the pulpit but corrected people all the time for doing things that weren't wrong that's just so crazy <laughs> and I don't mean that we did we embraced paradox I mean we had just nonsense and contrary nonsense and on and on and it's no surprise that the people were confused not so long ago a decade but not many decades ago I was in a convention and I heard something that was completely contrary opposite to the passage that was being preached from entire heresy and complete and utter foolishness and I looked around the room and not a single eye blinked now if it had been 1970 and that had been preached what would have happened out in the foyer is that people would be sitting with their Bibles open discussing and asking each other and then when the elders came out they would be reached for grabbed explain this to us not a person blinked their eye not a person bothered to open their Bible I don't know how that can be don't know how it can be the only possibility is they'd heard it preached before and so they weren't shocked 
Or possibly they've heard so many crazy things they're not listening anymore at all. How can you substitute yourself for Christ? How can you throw away your salvation? Now you ask anyone in the group that I came from in love, you ask them, are you denying the Lord that bought you? Are you denying salvation? And they'll tell you no. But how is it possible if you preach against salvation by grace and you say that salvation is made through some other means and salvation is in the future? This is not simply justification, sanctification, glorification. No. <laughs> How is it that you can swallow laying down the Christ life? How is it that you can swallow giving up hearing from God? How is it that you can swallow any of the fundamentals of the faith being completely wiped out? How is it that you can swallow going to a service without words, <laughs> without, without sermons? I do not know. So let us repent. We are in the last of the last days. We all agree. Let us repent and go back to our first love, who is Jesus. And go back to what the original apostles taught about Jesus. Let's go back to actually reading the Bible. Let's go back to actually praying, actually hearing the Lord speak. And then when we pray in public, maybe we can actually pray with some meaning and some fervor instead of just blah, blah, blah. How is it that an end time move of God, who thinks they're better than everybody else, can't pray any better than name a denomination good night we need to repent we need to repent we have crossed the line we are not Jesus may the Lord grant us repentance and forgiveness and keep us in the family at all Oh, no, I never thought that. Yeah, but you swallowed it. You permitted it to be preached, and possibly you preached it. If you preach it publicly, you need to repent publicly. And there are lives that have been ruined, families that were torn apart, pensions that can never be recouped, people who who shoo the Christian faith forever and their children and grandchildren who've been lost to the faith and you're parading about as the best of the best? I remember back in, I think it was 1979, that a couple of elders, a couple had left the move and were talking about Jesus and they were accused of having a Jesus spirit. They were vilified for speaking about Jesus. Now I do know that in the 
body of Christ move of God that Sam 5 started. That the two topmost traveling ministry stood up in a convention maybe about a decade ago and prayed to reconnect with Jesus. I mean, that was what was said. And one preached it and the other led the prayer. And I think it was entirely spontaneous. And, and I laud that and good. Let's keep on in that method. <laughs> keep on in that method. But there was not a, a thoroughgoing repentance, not, not a dealing with this, that to be sons, we have to follow the son. He is the elder son. And you know, we, you understand about the crossed hands and you understand how the eldest son gives up the inheritance for the younger sons. You all, right? But we need to honor Jesus as the, the unique son. As the head of the body, as the pattern son. Amen. I just heard that compared to somebody who has who took an opinion, compare that to someone who took an opinion but did it publicly or wrote it down, put it on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Fifty percent less likely to change their mind. So these things are not separate, although I have enumerated them as three things. Pride is related to substituting for Jesus is, is part of an outgrowth of works. It's, it's all mixed up together, but we, conceptually we want to talk about it separately. And I'm calling us all to repent. It's difficult to repent. I don't know why, but in the church we are not talking about repentance in the way that we should. We're not taking sin seriously. We have a gracious Father, but there is a judgment coming, and that should be evident today from current events. So, whether you preached it or whether you allowed it, we were calling people to hell and going to hell ourselves. Yes, taking people to hell. If you have encouraged people to deny the Lord that bought them, if you have asked them to spend all their effort walking in a wrong way, you've been tearing hooves off so that the sheep can't walk. So we need to repent. Now, I don't know, maybe there was some repentance that I don't know about in your individual heart or in the in the corporate and this group that that I care about so deeply, but I, let's let's repent of this now and be very clear about it: that Jesus is the unique Son, and we are saved by grace, apprehended through faith unto good works. Yes, we have been given grace to be in the family, and we will grow up according to that DNA. So let us repent. We cannot teach that Jesus is not important. We must repudiate that teaching to the extent that we were ever involved. And yes, don't you deny it. There's a lot of denial around here. I was present when there was a large meeting and there was some serious questioning of doctrine. One of the traveling ministry was asking the rest. And whereas it is reputed... And I believe the, the stories from the person who was doing the questioning that the head 
the founder, the head founder, took a latitudinal view. He was kind of a lot, lot of leeway for the ministers that he called to minister with him. Second in command is in this story, and it proved over the span of years that he had a lot less leeway for ministers, although in individuals he had leeway, but for ministers, none. And so it came up in the discussion. This was a large discussion, and I, a large room, and I was in it. And the question came up, because the question was about a lot of things having to do with with sonship and the move and what was taught and the organization. But it came up specifically whether or not Jesus literally rose from the dead. And this fellow who I counted as second in command, and I'm sure people would deny that, but nevertheless, we don't have such ordering, yes, right, whatever. Anyway, and he said, no, that Jesus didn't literally raise from the dead. And of course, that's consonant with, with all of his thought. Because he came out of a liberal church, and he then used typo- typology very much, liberal theology with typology. Whereas the founder, Brother Sam, came out of a Baptist church, and so he had a much more conservative view, and, and, and his sonship and typology was built on that. So... When this fellow said, no, Jesus didn't literally raise from the dead, that seemed completely reasonable to him in as much as if Jesus himself personally wasn't going to literally come back, but rather come back in many-membered group of us. So it was um, an anagogical interpretation, typological interpretation, and throwing out the plain reading of the text. And that was what was under discussion in Acts 1, it says, this same Jesus, you know, this guy whom you're looking at is going to return in like manner. And so this was the conversation. This was the question. And the response was Jesus didn't literally, he wasn't literally risen from the dead. And then there was a retreating of the eldership to the second floor. And there was some discussion. And then they emerged and said, no, no, we don't agree with that. We know that Jesus was literally raised from the dead. And of course, that was wise on their part, because if they had not said that, they would have clearly been outside of the historical faith. Maybe indeed, they just said, we can't say that. But the head man who was restrained was not corrected in the sense he didn't come out and repent. Not then, and not ever that I know about. Oh, I don't know all things. So they squeaked through that, but I think I still have the tape and uh, the person who asked the question, <laughs> the specific question that got that response is still alive today and very clearly remembers that and he'll be happy to tell you about that. It is important that we recognize and not deny and repent from denigrating the place of Jesus because Jesus is the pattern son and if we don't follow the pattern we are lost we're not in sonship we're in I will ascend so I'm calling us all to repent because we were all involved to some extent and if you had no clue about this group fine and dandy the point is that this is a serious matter. You need to know where the line is so you don't cross it. 
and I'm hearing sonship preached in Pentecostal circles, in Word of Faith circles, apostolic and prophetic circles. People have known about this and are now beginning to preach it. So it is vital today that this is spoken. So don't say, oh, well, I wasn't one of those father ministries who did so badly. Well, maybe you were part of the eldership. And quite a surprise to a young person who was not. They had some real impact. They had some impact there in that story. And there was impact. I remember Brother Sam was preaching the Illuminati and the learned elders of Zion. And I heard at that time that the elders pulled him aside and said, you just can't be anti-Semitic. And I have heard that much more recently, a certain group of elders in a particular location pulled another very top ministry aside and said, no, you can't preach God hates you. You cannot preach that here to our people. Good for them. That's pastoring. If you had no responsibility in as much as you were not an ordained person, nevertheless, you brought people in, you sat under that, you shared it in your letters and so forth. So if you swallowed it, you're responsible and you need to repent. We all need to repent. Okay, so it's not my aim here to call people out. I will have to admit that I don't know what goes on in human hearts, and I don't know everything that goes on in public. And many of the people in the, these stories are dead, some are senile, and some are so demonized that I hope never to have to speak with them again. And not many of them are younger than me. <laughs> but what happened to the people younger than me I don't know, except I know many of them were scandalized and left the faith. I don't want this to happen again. I know that I never want to hear of this again. I never want to see this again. This must never, ever follow from what I have preached, that we should presume to substitute ourselves for Jesus. May it never be. Perhaps this is the worst sin. Because it is religious, because it is deceptive, because it feels holy. It's grossly deceptive. But that's the way sin is, isn't it? It feels really great when you're doing it. And then you live a lifetime of horror over it. You suffer. People around you suffer. Let this not happen, not ever again. We do not substitute for Jesus. We are not the Lord. The most mature son is the most aware of that. Jesus even said he said nothing and did nothing but what the Father said. Jesus was fully obedient, and I preach in obedience to the Spirit, aligned with plain Bible and not some perverted collusion with abuse of human power. I preach grace apprehended by faith unto good works, neither a cheap grace nor a meritorious strenuosity though I do value it. This does not save. It can enrich and it can impoverish the strenuosity. It can prepare and it can ruin. 
Only by following Jesus can you win. Amen. So, there is a fine line between the sonship doctrine and the I will ascend doctrine. Let it be fine no more. Let it be clearly drawn. Let it be highlighted. Let it be noticed. Like you notice a snake and avoid it. We have run over it and we repent. Lord Jesus, help us. We notice it and we run away from it. Because we want to mature. We have noticed it and we were bewildered. But now we understand it and we stand strong. Here is the line. We're called into sonship and that means to follow Jesus, the unique son, the pattern son more closely. We're not to substitute for Jesus. We do not lord it over others and we do not earn sonship by some set of rules, silly or not. We receive grace. We share grace. We follow the Lord Holy Spirit matching with the historical Jesus, joyfully accompanied by other children. And sometimes we all get it wrong, but together one day we will get there. Yes and amen. And these are the fundamentals of the faith. Jesus is Lord. Jesus came in the flesh. Jesus literally was raised from the dead. Jesus died for our sins and lives for us. And we died and lived in him. We are saved by grace through faith and good works. If we veer from these, we've left God, the body, and salvation. And even if you are someone on the top, more revelated and more apostolic, repent. Because that would be toward an I will ascend and not toward a sonship doctrine. Please give us a like wherever you are listening to us so that others might find us. And please share directly with those who might be interested. You are invited to write us at sister at jesuspatternson.org. Sister at jesuspatternson.org. And of course, you are welcome to come to our website at jesuspatternson.org. May the Lord bless you.